thank you for listening to the Manage Smarter Podcast. Your hosts, C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong, navigate new ways to hire, develop, and retain talent, helping your team soar to higher performance. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Welcome again, everyone, to the Manage Smarter Podcast. We're so pleased that you've joined us. I am Audrey Strong, the Director of Communications for Sales Fuel. And I'm Celie Smith, the President and CEO of Sales Fuel. You know, Audrey, it's like you know, most people are really lucky to have one friend like, uh, like you that I've had for 34 years. Today, we have a guest on the show who has also been a friend of mine for over 30 years. Uh, her name is Bernie wow. Fisher. Hi, Bernie. How are you? I'm fine. How are you guys? Doing great. Great on this winter day. Bernie is a strategist and educator. She is a business trainer and talent developer for Midco and faculty at Regis University. And we call it DU, right? Bernie, right. but it's University of Denver. It is. And an expert in micro learning and adaptive learning and all kinds of way cool stuff. All the so fun stuff. I, the best stuff, right? That's what you're supposed to say. The best stuff. Okay. <laughs> it is the best. No, it is. It is the best stuff. I enjoy it. So Bernie, it's yeah. like, you know, the, the, that, that's a, uh, that's a term that, that's very popular these days. And we've kind of uh, coined that a little bit at sales school where we call it a adaptive management or adaptive leadership. But t- tell me about, uh, or, or tell the managed smarter listeners then, you know, what is adaptive learning? And also then how does it play into the role of a training manager or of any uh, first line manager then who's onboarding new staff people? Absolutely. Um, When you're looking at adaptive learning, basically what it is, is it's where you're teaching people in a what's called a micro learning environment. So you're teaching them in small amounts of information, like three to five minutes of videos. But what's great about it is in adaptive learning, there's an algorithm behind the behavior that the learner has. So what happens is you may have a curriculum for them, but the curriculum then puts together like a SWOT analysis of their behavior, and then it feeds back to them exactly what they need. So how that flows into helping the manager be a better manager is it then gives you a dashboard for each of your staff members and you can see what their strengths and weaknesses are so you can coach and mentor to them directly to their needs. So it's a very efficient way of teaching and the, it's based on repetition. So a person learns the key learning points and then basically when they're going out and selling product or if they're doing consultative selling or whatever those skills they need, they become top of mind for them because they're constantly being reinforced what that key piece is. So, you know, one of the things that I, I wonder about with this mm-hmm. is that a lot of trainers, for example, that, that are skilled in instructional design are, are used to a very linear way of putting together their, their programs, their learning programs. And everybody mm-hmm. seems to get the, the same package because it all builds off of each other, prerequisites, and it builds on top of each other. This can be a little bit different than that. Uh, have you experienced any pushback uh, from those who have always done it that way uh, in some of your some of the places where you've tried to deploy this? Uh, absolutely. The, the status quo, as you said, is a linear type of thinking from a teaching standpoint because it's much easier based on the way that the academic societies um, or culture is designed right now, where you start a class you know, week one and you go through week eight and everybody goes through the same scenarios. What they're starting to do at the universities, because there is getting pushback, because the differential here is 
managers are managing up to five different generations right now and each of those generations process and learn differently so you have to become more adaptive to the environment as a manager to be able to really understand how do I best reach each of these individuals so you may have a hybrid situation where you'll be doing some traditional in classroom because that person from uh, maybe the traditional baby boomers and some of the Millennials they want that tactical type of a thing okay where the Gen Y the Gen X or the Gen Z's those types and some of the Gen Xers not all of them there's a split between them they want independence just tell me what you need and um, I'll take care of it myself they learn better independently because these are people that were raised on basically computers so Back to your question, you've got to have a hybrid situation because there is pushback because people want traditional, but they also want hybrid, but it's moving more toward adaptive just because of the generational change. So let's say um, I'm a listener to this podcast and I, I am totally down with what you're saying, Bernie, and I, mm-hmm. I recognize that this is not me, and, but I don't know how to get over to where you're telling me to go. How do I become an adaptive manager? One of the best ways to become an adaptive manager, there's some traits that are really significant with these individuals where it's more of a a distributive type of a leadership inclusive to where you start to look at individuals and say, okay, what exactly do you need and recognize what your generations are and take the time to learn how to interact with each of them. Okay. A good way to do this that, that I do with the staff that I work with is I'll do disc training with them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Mm -hmm. then I'll learn a little bit more about them. And it's kind of a subtle way to teach them everybody's different mannerisms and to get groups to work more consciously together and managers then can learn how to better interact with their different staff. You know, it's rare that I, that we get an opportunity to, to plug one of our own products here on the show, but it's like, uh, that is uh, the foundation of, of TeamKeeper, uh, our TeamKeeper product then that's, that, that's used uh, for improving culture and communication and thus in retention and, and, and corporations. And uh, so DISC is the, is the first level. Then we do, we layer motivators on top of that. Then we layer uh, the, the culture and uh, ongoing employee feedback on top of that. And all those types of things put together then uh, really give a manager a really robust view of how I should best communicate with this person when I want to correct them or when I need to coach them or when I need to praise them. And also then as far as okay, I know they're weak in this sales skill or I know they're weak in this people skill or whatever. So I'm going to spend more of my time, uh, what time I have coaching them on those things because those are the, the needs that they have that are most urgently in need of improvement. Is that pretty much in your mind some of what adaptive management or adaptive leadership is about? Um, absolutely, because it basically what you want to do is you want to create kind of a one one voice or one vision of where the whole team is going, okay, from a strategic standpoint. So in order to do that, you have to, like you said, with this DIS training, you've got to understand how they're processing information, okay, and where they sit in that uh, one of those four quadrants. The other thing is, you know, these, um, an adaptive learner or adaptive leader really needs to give people the latitude to a experiment but to do it within a frame 
okay, to say, okay, we're going to go and we're going to, you know, we're going to listen to your ideas and we're going to implement some of these ideas because you're leading from a context of, think of it as being a, the host of a party, okay? It's kind of what's considered host leadership as well is what some mm -hmm. people call it, okay? They've also called it servant leadership, mm -hmm. which is kind of a negative connotation, but a host leader is, okay, I'm, I'm having a party and I'm having people come over, okay? And I'm letting them do things and share their ideas and have a really good time but I'm doing it within the context of rules. Okay. They can't burn my house down. You know, they can't drown in the pool or whatever. So you have a context that you've put around it, but it's done in a more palatable manner. Okay. And that's what makes the adaptive learning. And this is what's really difficult. There are some managers that just really have a hard time moving into that environment. Okay. And a lot of that flows back to, it's kind of a process where you've got to understand the generations, then you've got to understand the behavior, then you start to lay in the various training modules, okay? So with the adaptive learning that we're doing, we're filtering into that adaptive learning culture as well, okay? So not only are we teaching product, okay, and sales skills and all this, we're teaching cultural aspects as well. So what that's doing is it's creating a subconscious awareness of how, you know, the organization's working, how the organization's supporting them, where their latitude points are, that type of thing. So that's helping the adaptive leader a lot. So for managing, uh, when I was a <clears throat> manager at Ritz-Carlton mm -hmm. on Marriott, big, huge, complex, multi-layered organization. Multi there was a lot of, um, I was smashed in the middle. I had to manage down and I had to manage up. So for the listeners who are absolutely with us and want to implement what you're talking about, they're going to have to manage up to make this change. Can you articulate some of the ROI or the talent retention rates that you've seen that would justify making a move toward this that you can share? Sure. We have, um, I implemented an adaptive learning uh, environment. Um, it's not a traditional learning management system like we all know online, okay? The adaptive learning piece is where it goes and, again, creates those questions based on the performance. We saw about, we got about, a, we did a beta test of about 400 of our staff and got percentage of two to three times a week because people should at least do three to four times a week, about five to seven minutes of training, okay, instead of sitting in, in a room for 45 minutes. It's consumption-based in a micro environment. We got about 75% of the users using it on a regular basis nice. with about, wow. yeah, it was huge. I mean, from a standpoint, because a lot of people were like, you know, somewhere a little bit, you know, oh my goodness. We incorporated gamification with it though. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we created, and that created loyalty because you want to lay into it a loyalty program as well. Okay. So we created loyalty. We got about a 12 to 14% what's called knowledge lift. Okay. Where people were retaining and we had the call centers using this. We had the sales consultants using this and we sell pretty complex products on the business side and they were remembering a lot of they'd call me and go my gosh I can't believe I remembered these little pieces of you know about this product but they've been answering these questions constantly because they have to get an 80% um, benchmark to pass to move on to the next level. Okay, we're we're using three. There's six levels to the instructional design that goes to adaptive learning. We're using the first three right now. Okay, which are basic recall, 
complex recall, and critical thinking or application. Okay, so we're using those, and then we've gotten about, over the last eight months, about, about 185,000 questions have been answered. So people are participating. We've got tons and tons of people having all kinds of points, and they can uh, compete with each other, and then we're going to lay in prizes and remuneration they get for these now. So we're just to where we're starting the second layer of implementation on this. But I would recommend to anybody, you know, the knowledge lift is the key because the ROI we've seen, like we, um, I did a test with the um, advertising team with this and we were doing some things with digital. And a lot of it was just because they're like, gosh, I now I, I, I'm connecting the dots. So what this does, when you read the brain science behind this, it connects the dots at a different level, okay? So people are really starting to, to look at things from a, a clarity vision because the key is how you write these questions, okay? And, and that's the biggest piece, is to have the right instructional designers to know how to build it, okay? Have you tried then taking uh, what you've done with the digital team and try that then with the people that are starting legacy advertising? Uh, and for those who don't know, media companies these days, a lot of them are they're broken up the, the legacy or traditional advertising, between radio, TV stations, cable systems, newspapers, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And then there's another digital side as well. Sometimes, though, the, the people that have sold the legacy product for so long or whatever struggle to adapt to learning all the digital stuff and everything like that so that they can actually sell a complete package then to, to the advertiser. Have you, have you done anything with them just yet? Uh, actually, we have. That was one of the, the key things we did at the very beginning of this because um, we needed to find parity between that digital piece and that linear piece, okay? And what the, the point of convergence was was um, audience. So what we ended up doing is we built out questions that created correlation between, okay, Here's the audience on digital. Just think about them from a standpoint of the audience on your linear channels as well. So instead of them getting all wound up on, you know, the different, you know, is it first party data? Is it third party data and all this? We brought it down to a very fundamental level of everybody's just watching online or on air, wherever, okay, we brought it down to the smallest common denominator and build it up from there because we were selling joint packages. Because when you're selling any kind of media, and you guys know this, you really have to look at the fact that, okay, you've been selling people, you know, on air forever, or if you're doing print or whatever, you're selling that legacy product forever. All of a sudden, you're showing up and you have a shiny new wagon, and all of a sudden, I'm selling this too. Okay, so you have to create this level of equity to be able to sell this product. And we needed to create confidence in the salespeople because there was a little bit of, you know, I didn't sign up for this, mm -hmm. okay? It just showed up one day, mm -hmm. which I'm sure oh, you guys have yeah. never heard no, that, never. right? <laughs> never heard that. No. So what we did is, is we took it to, again, creating a comfort zone. Guys, this isn't any different. Here's how you explain it. Here's how you do it. And that's how we basically built that. 
So in answer to your question, yes, we have built the two together. So you mentioned earlier, you use the term uh, micro learning, which is, a, uh, which is a very popular concept these days, but maybe not everybody's heard of it. And I think that that plays into the adaptive learning uh, very well. I think they go hand in glove to each other. So uh, expound on that a bit. Sure. Basically, what micro learning is, is think about, you know, traditionally, when you learn something in an organization, everybody take the day off and they'd sit in a room forever, for 45 minutes, <laughs> three hours or whatever. And they just listen to somebody just talk, 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 mm -hmm. talk. Okay. And everybody was like throwing things at each other and their eyes glaze their over. Their eyes glaze yeah, over. They're on Amazon. <laughs> they're doing their Christmas They're shopping. on Amazon. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're just yeah, oh, thinking, man. when are we going to lunch? Yeah. So, yeah. And basically what happens is, you know, within 24 hours plus, you know, 80% of that's gone. Okay. So what the concept behind micro learning is, is instead of taking and just shoving a bunch of information in front of a person, okay, what you're doing is you're giving them bite-sized chunks. Okay. It's bite-sized learning where I can go and it's like, I, I really need to learn. I forget about this one thing on this product. So I can run over to our website or we have an app okay if they're out on the road and they've mm -hmm. got some time between um, calls they can go on an app and they can refresh something about digital advertising or any other product we have so that they can just kind of get the information in like three minutes on the little video. So sort of okay. like instead of bringing out the entire chicken and putting it in front of you for, for dinner where I'm giving you chicken nuggets. Right. Absolutely. You're just getting little nuggets of what are called key learning points. That's the that's mm -hmm. the, the predominant piece when you're building adaptive learning curriculum. OK, you start with the micro learning piece, which starts with key learning points. Then from those key learning points, they build then into the questions and the key aspect when you're building a key learning point is it has to be one concept like you said one little mm -hmm. chicken nugget it can't be the whole box okay so that that's the key you can only eat an 800 pound rhinoceros one bite at a time but, it's kind but, of how but they don't have right. rhinoceros nuggets yet yeah. Nope, no, they, nope, don't. they don't. Darn it. <laughs> hey, million dollar idea. Hey. No, um. There we go. Let's go. Let's go find <laughs> some rhinoceroses. There's so many moving parts and nuances to this. It's amazing what you've done with your work, Bernie. For people who are listening that want to reach out to you, how can they find you and reach you if they have questions or want to know more? Yeah, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. Um, my, You guys have my cell phone. You guys have my um, email address. I'm easy to find. Like I said, we're, you know, I'm doing this both at a corporate level, but I'm also doing this mm -hmm. in the academic environment as well, where we're blending the adaptive learning into our uh, regular courses. So a lot going on with it. And, you know, I'm happy to chat to anybody about this because I just think it's, um, I've seen the results and it, it's huge to the, um, to the ROI, to the bottom line, which is the key. Well, so we won't give out your cell phone to everybody, but we, but, no. but your LinkedIn, oh, okay. just look for okay. Bernie Fisher and that's B-E-R-N-I-E-F-I-S-C-H-E-R. -E -E so, right. and, and Bernie's short for what? Just for those people who may not be familiar. It would be short for Bernadine. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. There you go. There so we go. one last question I had for you, Bernie, is like, uh, how often do you run into it? Like when you leave a, uh, like an email or something like that, and they're expecting they, they hear a guy on the other end when they finally talk to you or, or meet you or something like that. What's that? <laughs> does that happen often? And what's that like? 
It does. Um, no, a, a lot of people do that. And a lot of people have asked to, you know, they'll meet me and they'll go, uh, we want to talk to Bernie. Oh. And I'm just like, oh. okay. you know, no, and it's okay. I mean, I'm okay with that. You know, I've, I've dealt with it forever. And you know what? Good for them. You know, it's kind of the element of surprise. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that's unique <laughs> that makes you you and it, it, that, that not, not a lot of other people have. So I think it's pretty cool. Well, I, thank you. I agree. That's <laughs> a lot of fun. Well, this is a fun chat. We'll see how many uh, pings you get or people reaching out. Maybe you've changed some minds today. That would be excellent. So hey, thank you we'll for see. being with us, Bernie. We appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.